The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth and 10th chapters. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew the tax collector. James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon the Cananean and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, I'll be the first to admit, given all the conversations that I've had with myself over the years, I enjoy having them with other people far more, so. <laughs> I feel like this week has been a week of deep breaths. There has been all sorts of things going on in the news all over the world, globally and locally, where we have found ourselves experiencing a multitude of emotions. It started off with a week ago today when we had this severe weather that came into our city. If those of you were here in worship last week, there were moments where it felt like we were sitting inside a bass drum because it was absolutely crazy between the rain and the hail. That severe weather, it reduced trees to toothpicks and it damaged crops that had been planted and were starting to grow all around the state and even gardens and crops right here in our community. Then we learned of this horrific disaster in London, this high-rise apartment complex where dozens have died and even more are still missing. That was followed by this tragic shooting of Congressman Scalise and other congressional staff out in Virginia. It went on and on and on. 
And then there was a person right here in our own neighborhood, Mary Singleton, who was out walking with her mother right on County Road 101 when a car jumped the curb and struck and killed her. She was, a, she was only in her 50s and had just become a grandmother. And her mother that she was walking with left without a scratch. These things that have occurred right here, just in our own backyard. And then on Friday, we heard the news of the verdict in the Officer Yanez and Mr. Castile case. And in addition to that, there are people right here in our own community of faith that are mourning, whose grief is raw. People who are dealing with depression and anxiety, people who are experiencing struggles with addiction or relapse people who find themselves experiencing loneliness and anger and uncertainty and broken relationships, all of that happening right here amongst you and me. So what do we do in the midst of all of this that is going on? What do we do with all of those emotions that may come to pass? Well, perhaps the best thing we can do as imperfect people living in an imperfect world is to gather together as a community, rooted in faith, in hope, and love, and to turn to Scripture and prayer and the promise to you and me that, yes, God's steadfast love endures forever. And so this morning, in Matthew's Gospel that we just heard Mr. Schutz read moments ago, We find Jesus at the beginning of his earthly ministry. It's very early on in that beginning. And it's there, right after the Sermon on the Mount, that Jesus gives his disciples the charge to go out and to care for the least of these. To show compassion for those in this world around us. I'll invite you to turn to page 885 in your Bible, and there you will see chapter 9 and 10 from Matthew's Gospel. We find that the disciples came from a broad range of jobs. They have a broad range of personalities and backgrounds. The truth of the matter is the disciples that Jesus called and then sent out into the world are far more like you and me than not. As we heard Tricia say in the children's message, these people were ordinary. They lived a life like you and me, working each and every day in order to provide for themselves and for their family. They were ordinary people. In fact, if we look, we see that Simon Peter, Andrew, James, and John were all fishermen. I like that. And most likely... Philip was too. Bartholomew, now he was the only one of the twelve that scholars believe may have come from a noble bloodline, that may have had a noble birth. Thomas, by nature, right, pessimist. Thomas, by nature, was a pessimist. He was a bewildered man, but a deep man of faith who had to see it before he would believe it, but he was a man of deep devotion and of faith. And then there's Matthew, the tax collector. In that day and age, Matthew would have been despised by the rest of those in the community. And then there's James, Thaddeus, and Simon, 
All three of them lived in Galilee, but that's all we really know about those three. There's not, there's not much else on them. And then lastly, Judas Iscariot, the traitor, who betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. So Jesus chose, selected, 12 ordinary, imperfect people. If you remember, the disciples seem to always be missing the point of Jesus' teaching. Or they were jockeying for position to get a better place in Jesus' inner circle. Or when the going got tough, they didn't necessarily get going. They were more concerned about saving their own skin. So it appears that the main qualification for being a disciple of Jesus was simply a willingness to rise to one's feet when Jesus said, follow me. And so Jesus then sent these imperfect people in an imperfect world out into the world to change it for the better. So how were they supposed to do this? How were they to go out into an imperfect world and change it for the better? Well, take a look at verse 36. Chapter 9, verse 36. Here's what Jesus says. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And just like the disciples 2,000 years ago, you and I are called and sent to show compassion for the harassed and the helpless, for the hurting, for the meek and the lowly in a world that is starving for it. We are called and sent not alone, not as individuals, but as a community to work the harvest together. From the very beginning, the Christian faith, the Christian church was about working in community together, about building up the body of Christ and caring for the least of these. From the very beginning, it was about caring for the harassed and for the helpless. It was about having compassion for them. It was about reaching out, proclaiming and inspiring our mission here in this place, right? To reach out, proclaim, and inspire. And though we may be imperfect people living in an imperfect world, it is important that we remember that Jesus didn't come into this world expecting perfection, but rather Jesus came into this world to meet you and me in the here and now, in the very real present, with everything that we are carrying on our hearts and in our minds. Jesus came into this world not only to be with us in the midst of joy, but also in the midst of grief, in the midst of struggle and challenge, in the midst of hurt and pain. All of that, which is in our heart and in our mind, Jesus comes here in the real present to be with us just as we are. And just like the disciples 2,000 years ago, you and I continue to be called day in and day out to be sent into a world that is in need of compassion, to be able to speak on behalf of the harassed and on behalf of the helpless, to show compassion in a world that is starving for it. But I know what's happening. 
I know it's happening right here in this place and beyond because I know over the past few months you have collected 407 pairs of black dress shoes for children in Haiti. Each pair of those shoes has a name. For example, a young boy named Micah, who's from Pilot, who will walk to school in one of your seven and a half size black dress shoes. Or a 12-year-old girl named Udeline. She's from La Sudra. She will make her way to school day in and day out wearing a pair of size 8 dress shoes that you have given. Along with those 407 pairs of dress shoes, you collected 60 meals for each child and their family. 60 meals for each child and their family. Think about that. That is powerful. And along with those meals, you collected all sorts of toiletries, toothbrushes, toothpaste, and deodorant to give to all 407 of those children and families as well. And don't forget, there were 110 soccer balls that are going to be distributed in the communities for the children to have fun at play. Oh, how wonderful that is. And then this past week, we hosted Vacation Bible School. How many of you were at Vacation Bible School in one capacity or another enjoying the wonderful chaos that is VBS? 350 children, youth, and adult volunteers, thank you. Thank you for being there. But more importantly, you raised enough money to provide 128 children in Peru with clean drinking water for an entire year. Think about that. Clean water for an entire year for 128 children. Our kids in VBS, they packed countless bags of rice and beans and laundry detergent that was brought over to Interfaith Outreach and Community Partners to be distributed right here in our own community, right here in our backyard for people who are in need. They packed countless treats to be given out to our first responders, and I can assure you those treats were quite good. I listen to lay ministers talk about the importance and significance of the ministry of going out into the homes of our homebound people and how important it is to them to know that they are still connected to you and to this entire community of faith. I watched and listened to people reach out to people for whom were grieving, whose grief was raw and new who are reaching out to care for people who are sick and for their families. And I had the wonderful privilege of rejoicing with another at the birth of a new child. Make no mistake that in the midst of all our emotions, that everything that we may have been feeling from this past week and even before, and perhaps even feeling right now, make no mistake that you are not alone that God is with us. God is here. God is still speaking to you and me. God is still calling and sending you and me out into a world to show compassion 
in a world that is starving for it. Imperfect people living in an imperfect world, called and sent to change the world for the better. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, let it be so. Amen.